0: Hello. Welcome to the Instec London podcast. Matthew Grant here, one of the partners at Instec London. So another week, another podcast. Time does seem to be going incredibly quickly just now. But we've so many fascinating subjects to talk to. And of course, people who are building some incredible businesses or running some well-established ones. Now, it's not the same as getting together face-to-face. And frankly, I've seen into more people's bedrooms in the last month than I'd expected to see in an entire lifetimes, indeed strange times that we live in just now. Of course we're all focused on pandemic risks just now and the insurance industry is grappling with how it should respond now and in the future. But while some risks such as car accidents have gone down, others like cyber are I'm afraid increasing. So on this episode I'm talking to Andy Thomas, CEO of Kind and his co-founder Chief Marketing Officer, Melanie Hayes. They set the company up in March 2018, but they've already established themselves as offering a valuable service to help small and medium-sized businesses understand their exposure to cyber losses. Importantly, they are also working with insurance brokers to help them identify the right type of insurance for their clients. Melanie, Andy, delighted to have you join me. Of course, we're all remote just now. I'm really looking forward to hearing the story of KIND and how you co-founded it. You are, I believe, assessing companies' vulnerabilities to cyber attacks, helping companies fix it, working with brokers, aiming mostly at the the small to medium-sized market. Melanie, you were previously at Experian. Uh, You and Andy set up KIND in August 2018. Andy, you've got a background at CSID and garlic and experience for a number of years in global identity protection and and fraud detection. So thanks very much for uh, for joining us. Thanks for
1: having us Matthew, it's a pleasure. Nice now, I, can,
0: I can see you but we're doing this as a podcast and Andy you seem to be uh, locked away in a camper van, is that because you're just an expert podcaster and you know that's the best place to go for outside broadcasters or have your family self-isolated you?
2: <laughs> I've been chucked out of the house to make sure that I do work during the day. Um, no, seriously, my uh, my routine was getting a little bit fuzzy in separating work and life, and I was getting under everybody's feet. So I thought the best place to be is in one of our happier places, which is in our camper van. So that's why we started working from here.
0: Well, it looks tremendous. So, um, Andy, what are you seeing happening just now in this world we're living? We must all be more exposed to cyber attacks.
2: It's an interesting time that we're in. Uh, right now, and it's not just COVID related, um, cause cyber was pretty scary to people maybe over the last 12 to 18 months, but, um, getting a medium-sized or a smaller businesses, uh, to pay some attention to it, um, and actually understand what it meant to them was sometimes quite difficult because it was just generically cyber risk and it was hackers and it was a bit scary, but maybe they won't come after me and I'm too small and, um, Nobody wants what I've got, etc. Uh, but what seems to have happened over the last 12 months or so is that is that maybe maybe GDPR wasn't the trigger for people to get really concerned about cyber and consequently buy insurance, for example. Um, that just didn't seem to, to happen in the way that people originally anticipated. But what has happened is really three things, business email compromise, ransomware and business interruption. And those three things, one or more of those three things seem to be the trigger that's now driving people's uh, level of concern about cyber risk in general. So cyber risk is generically a scary subject, but specifically those three things, what seem to be driving um, uh, businesses uh, attention on this area? You know, how do I mitigate my risks of those three elements?
0: And are you seeing an uptake and in interest in the last couple of months then?
2: um i we're not an insurer we're not a broker so we sort of um it's a lot of the things that you hear are sometimes a bit sort of second second hand well interestingly enough i had a, a conversation only this morning with a with a new partner of ours in sweden who's got a very very large um sme base um and they're their own underwriter um and they the guy there said to me this morning that they've seen a very significant uptick in appetite for insurance amongst their SMEs, specifically cyber and specifically uh, they're seeing an uptick in claims as well. So those claims don't seem to be caused by remote working as such, but they've seen an increase in claims, but they've seen a very significant increase in appetite for the insurance products.
0: No, very interesting. And and Melanie, you you sort of also had run a report, I think it was uh, earlier this year or back in the last year, with Crow, you're looking at the top 200 UK public-listed mid-sized companies. And, I mean, you had some pretty interesting findings from that. Can you just explain some of the, the highlights that came out of that even before we got into the current situation?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. We, in, in the back end of November, we did a report with Crow on the top 200 legal firms, and we followed it up um, with research that's, that's come out now on the top 200 mid-sized companies looking at their cyber risks and their vulnerabilities. Now, with these type of companies, you'd expect them to have this all sewn up to be pretty protected, as it's such it's one of the most critical risk-facing businesses. But the results are really shocking. Just under half of the companies had vulnerabilities that would lead them to a ransomware attack, and 91% of them had emails that were spoofable. And we know that ransomware risk is increasing. Um, You mentioned 130%, and it's actually increased by 350% since 2018. And it's not just the typical type of ransomware that people are used to. So ransomware, where you get something on your system that tells you your your files are encrypted, you can't get into it, it's actually evolving from there as the cyber-, cyber criminals get more sophisticated in so much as if you don't pay the ransomware, not only are your files um, encrypted and you don't get them back, but they release sensitive company data. data, so it becomes actually a data breach as well. So it's really fascinating research and I can provide links to it as well if people are interested in seeing it.
0: So what is it, Andy, sort of about what you do that you, you think distinguishes you from what else mm. is out that, that there?
2: When we first started on this journey, we had uh, and we continue to have an absolute obsessive focus on keeping the what kind says to customers and the way kind interacts with customers at a level of uh, simplicity and clarity. That means it's accessible to the non specialist as well as the security practitioner. Kind of not a we're not a security technology company. We're essentially a risk management business. That's what we want to be. And what we're trying to do is create very simple, easy to use, um, accessible and also economically viable services for any business. So our ideal customer um, goes all the way from a relatively small business, right the way through to a several hundred million turnover business. You know, um, I've always had this opinion that at the enterprise level, there's a lot of spend, there's a lot of resources, there's a lot of capability in many of those businesses. And you can see it when you look at them online using kind tools. They've got some very sophisticated ways of operating. But very quickly, when you drop below that sort of global enterprise level of business, it becomes immediately apparent. That many businesses are struggling to get a grip on the cyber risks that they are, if you like exposed to or presenting to the world, or indeed the way they're presenting themselves to the world opens them up to a set of risks that it really shouldn't. So the point with kind was to try and um, if you like cross that um, that divide between. The security specialist, but also speak really clearly and very simply to business leaders. So, I think what we've created is is something that does that uniquely well. Um, And um, our partners that we're working with, the the way they what they're trying to do with Kind is is really important. What they're, they're trying to they're they're aligned with what we're trying to do, which is basically, if I can give a customer a service that helps them improve their risk position. You know, then that rate, it, it's not a, cyber is not a zero sum game. It's not you win, I lose. Yeah. Um, if you've got a community of businesses that are all operating, operating online, then by all of those businesses improving their own risk position, then everybody benefits, you know. And, um, and so that's the sort of, at a, at a experience level, that's what we're trying to do with the product. We obviously have built, we've got some cracking technologies we've been able to hire a really skilled team under our CTO. And, uh, you know, so for a, for a small business, we punch above our weight very much. So we feel it has a personality and we want to present that personality in all of the products that we deliver.
0: It makes complete sense that you sort of tap into a market that, that probably can't afford to go for the more robust solutions. Yeah, and Emelie, from your perspective, so sort of, as you think about the marketing and, and the positioning, how, how do you sort of sum up what Kind does?
1: At the moment, if companies, regardless of size, want to understand their cyber risks, most of the things that are available at the moment are costly, takes time to get. um, It's very invasive. You need lots of information from the company. When the results come through, they're pages and pages of results that people just don't understand. So everything about Kind is simple and easy to use and not frightening. So with just a website name, we can tell a company all of their cyber risks, whether emails can be spoofable, whether they're vulnerable to ransomware attack, whether they've got out-of-date web services. We can even help them um, protect against safety breaches with a GDPR function. And it's instant. You just put your website name in. Inst- shows you the results but the cyber world is always changing so you need to be on top of it so we constantly monitor and alert customers to any changes as well and when you actually see if you do have a cyber risk it's so easy to understand if you've got more technical knowledge you can delve deeper but it's just simple for everyone and it also tells you what you can do to fix things as well
0: yeah so on that last one how so practical and and effective are the, the recommendations you give do you have partners that you can then point them to and sort of tips about how to improve things?
2: Matthew, one of the things that's been really interesting for us is actually getting kind to customers and seeing how they use it. Um, And we've, I've been, um, we're really interested to see the type of questions that are coming back from customers who are using the kind service on their business. Um, Everything from, you know, small solicitors firms to, to larger retail businesses. And the questions tend to be, not that the answer isn't clear. The question seemed to be what resources would you point me to online to help me fix this problem? So we within kind, the sort of the answer is relatively complete, what we give to the customer, it has to be. So for example, you're using this version of this software, which is out of date, the latest version is available here. Right? The the instructions are that specific. Um so we're not finding a lot of customers who don't understand what kind's saying to them. The next stage is really um which of these things should I fix first? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's my priority in fixing the things that you've identified? So one of the things that we're, ju- we've just introduced to the product is a, a, a sort of a, a top five recommended actions list that's based upon the results that we find in the product, but is based directly on customer feedback saying, okay, which things should I fix first? Now that sort of guides the customer through the process of resolution, so when they fix those five things there 's another five things in the recommended list you know so it 's not we're not working on a g- just a generic sheet of do these things. This is genuinely uh, guidance and recommendations driven from the results that Kynes found
0: one of the things that actually has really imp- impressed me is. You've been going just over two years. You know, some companies can still try and be figuring out their logo in that time. You've got a nice logo. Uh, you've got a nice logo, you've got a product. You've got a product. You've got revenue coming in. How on earth have you managed to do all of that in in, in two years? And uh, to the extent you're willing to share your secrets with the, the broader world, we're really fascinated to know.
2: Well, um, thank you. Um, we've, um, we've got a lot of experience in the team, you know, from Mike, uh, Melanie, Luke, myself. We've all sort of been on a startup journey previously and i was absolutely certain this time that we knew the basics of the first set of products we need to produce so the trick is then is to is to get that product ready and get it into the hands of some customers that you can actually get some feedback from and we've been really lucky in that um our our initial customers and partners that we've worked with and who are still with us now um, have been very vocal and very useful in their feedback about the product. So things like the recommendations thing came directly from feedback from one of our broker partners working with one of their insured clients, giving them the report saying, tell me about what this report says to you. And the first thing the client said was, this is very clear, very simple, thank you. What do I do first? So that's where recommendations came from. Um, on the other side, we're working with uh, insurer partners who are saying we're starting to see a lot of business email compromise. Yeah. Now we can, um, that a lot of that is driven by, just straightforward impersonation or spoofing. So, how do we put something into kind that can help guide customers to protect themselves against this exposure? So that's where the, that's where our mail security and spoofing tests came from. You can imagine with ransomware exactly the same thing happened. We've been very very lucky in, in working with partners and customers who've been given us great feedback. But we also continue to take that on, on board really quickly. And we have a very sort of innovative, innovative fast, rapid product development uh, approach as well. But also customers are actually engaging with the product and telling us how to improve it, which is invaluable to us.
0: Well, no, it's a really impressive story. No, congratulations. And um, you mentioned there the, the kind broker program. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about that and, and also just to understand of the sort of route to market you know how much of that is through brokers versus people finding you independently
1: for brokers it's really hard for them to sell cyber insurance but it's different for different industries it's different for the motor industry it's different for healthcare industry education each industry sector has different needs therefore different things that brokers need to know for these people so we started to talk to them and look at what they actually needed Things like all the resources, all the tools, um, information about different industries, the stats that they could easily access.
2: What we were trying to unlock, Matthew, was um, you could say you could say to a broker, here's a, here's a kind report. If you give this to your customer, they'll understand their cyber risks and might buy more cyber insurance. But the gap in that is the report itself is not enough, as Melanie said. So you need to wrap other things around the report. The report itself, I would say, is our product is awesome. Right. But also at the same time, the broker needs to be able to speak to somebody about what that report means to their client. So that's why we've built this uh, this concept of this broker buddy into the broker program. So guess what? The broker can talk to one of our team about the report that we've run on their client and find and get the sort of the summary view of what those risks mean before they actually even go and talk to the client and present the cyber policy because they need to understand how those risks map to the policy and how the policy speaks to those risks, you know, and and that's what that conversation is about. Now, what we found with the brokers when we are working with them is that, that, you know, the the guys are bright. They're really bright and they only need sort of two or three conversations. And they're pretty much a lot of the time they're then sort of self-sufficient. They know exactly what kind saying to them and how to position it to their client. But what's also come out of this is that if through the cyber insurance sales, through the sales process of, of the insurance policy, giving them the start report, give them a cyber policy that speaks to that, they bind that, and then – They could be left holding the baby that says, well, actually you've just identified a bunch of risks for me that I know I need to fix. Um, How do I do that or where do I go to fix it? So we've introduced this sort of post-buying consultation with their client, which leaves the, doesn't leave the broker holding that technical baby and there's somewhere for them to, for their customer to go. Now our intention is, is not to fix the problems for the customer. I I do feel sometimes there's a fundamental conflict of interest if we're as a risk management business identifying risks that we then say, oh, and we can fix those for you. You know, I don't think that's a good place for us to be, but I think we can run the client through the recommended actions and why each one's critical and point them at the resources that they need to go to to fix the problem or indeed the way they need to speak to their IT provider or their MSP. And what we're finding, it not only works for retail brokers, but it works for wholesale brokers as well who have retail broker relationships because everybody's facing the same challenge. They want to sell more cyber, but at the same time, there's like, what's the key to unlock the door to help the client understand very quickly why this thing is relevant to them and how it can help them transfer risk from, uh, from their business into the insurer where it should be?
0: How are you finding it across those brokers? Is it still kind of in the early adoption stage where there's certain sort of motivated ones that get it and can do it, or are you starting to see that now the majority of brokers are realizing that cyber is is a needed um needed coverage and they're actually going out and offering it to their yeah. clients?
2: There are some brokers who are very cyber savvy and the, the the broker program in that place has landed really well. At the other end of the market, there's guys who are saying this is a fantastic opportunity and we want to go after it. Um so there's sort of both ends of the adoption curve now. There's guys who are technically very astute and know what they're selling in cyber insurance and just want to accelerate the sale of that. And then there are a lot of established brokers with with established businesses who are saying, actually, we want to be in this space, and how do we get there?
1: With cyber as well, it's, it's constantly changing. Just as soon as you become an expert in one field of it, so you know about ransomware, you know about email spoofing, something else comes along and you have to be an expert in it. And these brokers have a big enough challenge trying to keep up with everything else. So having all of the information there, making them experts with the kind support and information that we have is something that they're really, really interested in.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fascinating. And, and clearly brokers are always looking for new opportunities to, to look after their clients. And if there's a kind of win-win where they can provide a product as well. That's, that's great. I um, noticed also on the website. You've, you've got a free trial. Always a great sucker for things that are free. Uh, can can uh, Melanie can explain how, how that works and what I get out of it if I follow up on that offer?
1: Absolutely. Kind, kind is so easy to use um, We just we just all you do is you sign up to the free trial and you give us your company website name that you want to scan and we give you your cyber result. So you can actually see how Kind works, how easy it is to use, but it gives you a real indication of, of what Kind can do so you can try before you buy.
0: We've delighted to have you as members of Instat London. Andy, we, of course, had you on stage. Anybody that wants to see you. Sort of live in front of a, a live audience. can remember what they were like. Um, we'll send a link <laughs> to that. But it'd be, just be great to hear um, maybe one for you, Melanie, about you know what it was about what we're doing at Instead London that y- y- gave you gave you the desire to become a, a corporate member and support us.
1: Well, it's funny you should say that because I remember the one the first one we went to. It was packed. I mean, we were shoulder to shoulder. It was so it was oversubscribed, and there was a really good buzz and energy to it. And we've all been to insurance events and. A lot of experience we've had is the information and it's, it's it's quite the information that comes out. of There are things that you probably already know. Um, it's the same faces and it's, there's no energy and it's not particularly fun. Insect was completely different to anything else that we had been to. The people that got up on stage, including Andy, were telling us things that we didn't know. We met some really interesting people and it was a fun event. It was buzzy. It was a different environment to things we'd seen. And just from that one event we actually caught up with Crow who we did this research with and we started a relationship there. We spoke to other people and it, it's really helpful to help have that environment where you can talk about insurance, you can talk about issues, but in a non formal way and in a in a really interesting way as well. So we took that on board and went to a couple of other events. Um and yeah, we just thought this is something that we can actually benefit from and we, we can help members of InterTech, but also InterTech helps us, which is why we joined up. So thank you, Matthew. No,
0: thank you. No, it's part of our, our uh, sort of pay-forward philosophy, which is to get you on stage. And and I think, yeah, there are some other events out there that look like they've been practicing social distancing for many years if you if you went to the, <laughs> We're gonna to struggle to do that and keep the, keep the spirit going, but I'm sure we'll find a way. Um, well, it has be, been fantastic to have you both joining us. Um, Andy, any any final words before we let you go and hope somebody will let you out of your uh, van at some point and, and let you back into the world? <laughs> well,
2: while we've been recording, I have had my post delivered through the window of the van. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> all is well. Um, it's great to have this chance to uh, to talk a little bit about my favourite subject, which is kind, um, and, and share a bit of our journey so far. Um, I think um, my personal view is that the the way that, cyber is sold and the way that cyber insurance is sold and the way that the the risk management is attached to that and is consumed and actually the process of having an insurance policy that makes my company ultimately less risky. The days of buying insurance and just renewing um, are are rapidly coming to a close, particularly with people understanding more about what uh, their policies actually mean during this current pandemic means that having the, the need for a cyber insurance policy to actually help the client get better yeah improve their own risk position um, uh, is obvious uh, it can't things can 't be sustained the way they are It was just shown by our crow research. My hope is that over the next twelve twenty four months that policies will see customers renew in a better risk position and the customer benefits from uh, maybe a reduction in premium or a reduction in retentions and the policy to reward that behavior. That would be a very positive thing, I think, in the current market for it.
0: Well, listen, it's been tremendous talking to both of you. Thank you very much. I know you've got a lot going on, so thanks for carving out this time. Um, I hope you and your families all stay well and you know, look forward to getting together face-to-face sometime not too much in the distant future, I hope. Thank you very much.
1: And you, Likewise. Matthew. Thanks, Matthew.
0: Well, people have found many innovative solutions to working from home, but this is the first time I've interviewed anybody from their camper van. Do let us know, by the way, if you yourself have found out an unusual but successful place to work from during lockdown. Now, I mentioned earlier that we have a lot of people lined up to talk to, and the podcasts themselves just really are not enough. And also, of course, we're all missing our face-to-face events so if you haven't already discovered our live chats on our bright talk channel and you're finding these podcasts useful then you might like to check out what we've got coming up or indeed what we've been doing we've run quite a number already now we think we've managed to channel some of the spirit from our live evening events into these 45 minutes chats that'll be happening during the day not in the evening Uh, and they've got the usual lively discussions you've come to expect from us as we search the truth behind the hype with some fantastic guests They're free to join us and you can ask us questions as we go along. If you'd like to co-host an event or appear, then please do let me know. Very competitive prices to host and we're tapping into an even bigger audience through Bright Talk. Uh, For any more information, check us out on London, And of course, you can see our collected wisdom every Wednesday morning if you sign up for our newsletter. Jargon-free, hype-free and content worth reading if I do say so myself. Stay safe.